on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, we're going to be tackling some more important bowl games. Uh, I mean, I guess this is part one of our uh, bowl game series in this podcast. Uh, the season's quickly approaching an end, uh, but in spirit of the holiday season, Zach and I have something very special for all of our listeners out there. We are the self-proclaimed hardest working podcast in America. So what are we bringing to you other than new episodes almost every single day from now until the end of bowl season? Uh, have our social lives suffered because of this? Sure. Do we care? Not at all. We're football guys through and through. That's all you guys need to know. Uh, so for this episode, we have our pick six. Then we have our celebration bowl preview storyline of the day. Uh, that's a little spoiler. A brand new segment we call First Team All Decade, and we wrap it all up with Brandon's Gambling Corner. This episode is going to be all that you wish for and more, so go ahead and strap in and let's go. To start out today's pick six, uh, we're going to go ahead and start with the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Uh, this case is a game between Buffalo and Charlotte. And I guess this game is just like the biggest reward possible for having a mediocre, uh, mediocre season in the MAC in the Conference USA. I don't really know what this game's about. Why do they get to go to Bahamas? I don't know. I mean, you get to go seven and five and get a free trip to the Bahamas. Both of them. And then your team gets paid if you win. The payout's yeah. like over a million dollars for this game. Doug, I'm talking about I, I want to go 7-5 and five and get here because I want a free trip to the Bahamas and then get paid a million dollars. Yeah, and like Zach said, you get you go 7-5 and five and congrats. You get to go to the Bahamas. Uh, I mean, this is just a product, I think, of uh, the Millennial Snowflake Participation Trophy era. Uh, just go ahead and put the National Championship game in the Bahamas. Uh, reserve that for real winners. Doug, do you know how – do you know how pissed people would be if the national championship were in the Bahamas? Dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you know how pissed old folks are right now that this game's in the Bahamas? <laughs> <laughs> people are worked up, dude. I, I, I didn't know that. Um, I'll be honest with you. I did not know people <laughs> had an opinion. Study. You got to study. About, I didn't think, you know, many people were heated about Buffalo and Charlotte. Um, yeah, two big yeah. names. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, how big's the stadium? Hang on. I, I you're, playing, know. you're playing in Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, while Zach's doing that, I'll go ahead and give you guys a little bit more info. Uh, and I guess my favorite thing about this game is that it's being played at 1 p.m. on a Friday. It's, I mean, it's the first bowl game all season, 1 p.m. on the Friday. And I'm just glad that the NCAA is finally looking out for the working class in America. Uh, this game allows all of us in our cubes to get no work done from 1 to 5. So yeah, I'm down. For I mean, it. I I really think they were just like, how many people are going to watch this game? Let's just stick it somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, what did they expect by putting this game here? I mean, in corporate America, and I can confidently confirm this: no work gets done between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. Uh, just, that's not even a wild take. That's just a fact. Uh, I mean, name one thing that's ever happened between those times, Zach. One thing. Nothing good. At no, least no, it's all bad. It's all terrible. Uh, in my first, you know, 1 p.m. on a Friday, and I guess my first thought there was, 
I mean, maybe that's like nighttime in, in Nassau like in the Bahamas, because like a good American, like the good American I am, I have no clue where the Bahamas is. I don't know where it is. <laughs> you could, what? You could give me a map in six hours and I'm not getting anywhere close to it. Like a, even you can give me a globe. Um, but it, as it would turn out, it's pretty close to Florida um, and it's just in the Eastern time zone. So this game is 2 p.m. Eastern time. Like that's there. local time for the Bahamas. Okay. In case you guys are wondering, the stadium holds 15,000 people but can't expand to hold 23,000. Well, guess what? There is no need to expand because there is no way 15,000 people are going to be at this game. <laughs> I don't know why they have a 15,000-person stadium in the Bahamas. I don't think 15,000 people. Oh, it's for soccer. That makes sense. Oh, well, we all know how good attendance is at soccer fields. Just ask the Chargers. Oh, Ooh. Dang, I mean, for soccer games, it's pretty good, but like for the Chargers, probably not. But no, not great. Talking about the game more now. I mean, we we had our fun with the Bahamas Bowl. Can we change this a little bit? Make the natty there. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see Boomer's head explode. Um, <laughs> All in. You know. Uh, you know. I'm excited to see the offenses, man. I mean, both teams come in averaging. Well, Buffalo's averaging about 400 yards per game, and Charlotte's averaging almost. 420 and both teams are averaging over 30 points a game i mean this is going to be an exciting and i think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game yeah probably what what's the 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 over under is set at it doesn't tell me well a 52 and a half yeah 52 and a half half. yeah go ahead and smash that over if you haven't already yeah the only so you know i'm not going to lie to you guys i'm pretty honest I don't think I've watched a Buffalo or Charlotte game this year. Okay. Um, but, you know, I went and did my research like a good podcast host. And this Buffalo defense is respectable. I'll give them that. Um, you know, allowing under 300 yards per game. And they're allowing under 100 yards per game rushing, which is, I would say, that's pretty solid. I mean, especially because Charlotte, you know, has been running for over 200 yards per game, which is – insane and so there's always this saying in basketball and i'm gonna apply it to football that defense travels i think buffalo's defense travels that was and it's not good to travel in basketball though that's true that's true i was a i was that was like a dad joke bro like Uh, gotcha you you need to call your girl to make sure like everything's good like that (laughs) that that came off strong bro Uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> anyway, God. back to the game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about either one of these teams. I'm not going to lie. I, you know, I did do my research. Uh, the one thing that I really took away from my research is that Jarrett Patterson is insanely good, I guess. How, how have I not heard of this guy before now? Dude, over 1,700 yards. Are you kidding me? Because he's in the MAC. That has to be it. That, facts. Because, I mean, their quarterback only has like 155 pass attempts. Right. That's pretty low. But, you know, but let's not sleep on uh, Chris Reynolds for Charlotte. I mean, he's put up respectable numbers. I mean, over 2,300 yards. But he has 10 interceptions, man. I mean, double digits interception is never good. And he's going to have to not turn the ball over for them to have a chance in this game. Like I said, defense travels. I think Buffalo makes enough plays. And Buffalo wins this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Buffalo wins this game. Uh, the spread six and a half points. I think the Buffalo covers that as well. I do. I uh, they're going to win. They're going to They're going to win by way more than a touchdown. I don't know how much it's going to be. It's going to be more than a touchdown. 
Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a blowout. I mean, I can see it being like 10 to 14 points. I don't know what you consider a blowout, but uh, I, I can see it. Spread. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, uh, well, even if the spread's like two and a half? Yeah, it's blowout. Three points, blowout. Facts. Okay. Facts. Um, yeah. So, so, so apparently, um, you know, Charlotte gets blown out by a steep 10 points. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on uh, to the next, uh, to our next bowl. We have the tropical smoothie cafe Frisco bowl. And I know that I don't, right. I don't really have to name the sponsors, but I will because I am a sellout and that's what I do. So the tropical smoothie Frisco bowl, uh, it's going to be Utah State at Kent State. Kent State's the seven-point dog in this one. Um, and uh, I don't know. When I, when I looked at this game at first, I was like, oh, Frisco Bowl. And, man, did people from San Francisco really dodge a bullet here because they hate being referred to as Frisco. Uh, that's why I always call them Frisco, just out of spite. But this game is actually being played in Frisco, Texas, uh, which I can confidently say that I did not know existed. Okay. The crazy thing is, so, crazy thing is that people try to tell you that football isn't educational, right? Yeah, but I've learned more from football than I've ever learned in the classroom. Uh, and just on this episode alone, I've learned where the Bahamas are, kind of, and I know that Frisco in Texas <laughs> exists. I mean, well, dude, this is another you know soccer stadium. Um, they oh, host in a- Texas. They play soccer in Texas. Yeah, they have a F- It's the FC. It's a major league soccer FC Dallas in Frisco. Yeah. Weird. Okay. I think we have a yeah. listener in Frisco. Shout out. Yeah. So um, in case you guys are wondering, this is, um, yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> and I, I believe they also play the, um, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure pretty they, um, yeah, they, this is where they play the D2, uh, the FCS or whatever it is. That, this is where they play the national championship. Frisco's got it going on, man. They, I don't know what they – I don't know. They figured out the code, though. They know what's up. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, dude, they host a lot of stuff here. I'm looking at, like, at the schedule. They have all kind of stuff. They have, like, MLS games. They got college showcases. They got – it looks like bull, bull ride. I don't even know yeah, what is going Texas, on it's here. It's like a rodeo dog. Facts. Okay. Know, but this well, is – you know what? I think that this is the way the Bahamas Bowl should have been, right? Like, you had a mediocre season, boom, you're banished to Frisco, Texas for a week. Uh, good luck having any kind of fun there, I, I guess. Um, but I guess to be fair to both of these teams, they're in Ohio and Utah, so they actually might have fun in Texas. Yeah. They'll get to see a Bucky's and they'll just all – like, they're going to be late <laughs> they to the game because they get mind. lost. They get lost in a Bucky's on the way. I mean, hey, if I get lost in a Bucky's, I get lost in a Bucky's. Like, time does not exist inside of Bucky's. <laughs> but you know i if you're looking for so i know we just laid out a bunch of reasons why not, you should probably shouldn't watch this game i will give you a reason to turn on this game espn2 at 6 30 jordan love that is all you need to know he is the sole reason to watch this game you know he's electric uh, now he's got yeah, like he James Winston numbers because he's got 17 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. He's got to take care of the ball, dude. I mean, if he just takes care of the ball, he's like he's one of the best quarterbacks in in the country. And people were talking about him being a potential first round pick coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think people are still kind of like like late first round, like second round, third round. I mean, he's going to get drafted. I mean, he has over three thousand yards passing and. 
you know, he does have 16 interceptions and only 17 touchdowns. But draft this kid thing- and develop him in the NFL. I mean, put him on. I mean, I don't know. I mean, any NFL coach. Well, not any NFL coach, but a good majority of NFL coaches can probably develop this kid. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, this is his last game as in an Aggies uniform. Uh, so I think he's going to be looking to put on a big performance. I think he announced uh, this week that he was uh, going to the draft, and this will be his last game. So I think I think he's going to show out in his last game, and so that that gives this game a lot of watchability. And I I'm actually will be watching this game on Friday. Now that is a good reason to watch this game. I'll give you one better, uh, and that's that neither one of these teams has defense. Now, that's my analysis on this one. Uh, so the over unders was like sixty five. Yeah, sixty five. That's a lot of points. Go ahead and smash it. I mean, it's going to hit. That's like a guarantee. It's the G word. Yeah. Yeah, Both defenses are giving up over 430 yards per game. Not great. Really bad. Yeah. Not great at all. But this will come down to who has the better quarterback. I mean, Dustin Crum is no scrub. Uh, You know, 18 touchdowns, only two interceptions. And he's this team's leading rusher. Um. I mean, we have seen a lot of those this year in quarterbacks. I don't know what, what is up with this year, having so many quarterbacks lead their team in rushing, but it seems yeah. like we've had a few of them. Um, but I think he, I think Crum is going to have to put up a huge performance to keep up with, uh, you know, Love. But like you said, neither defense is very good, but I think Love is a better quarterback than uh, Crum. And so I'm going with Utah State in this one. And they're yeah. going to cover – all right, I got you. Um, I'm also going with Utah State. I don't really know why. Uh, and I also don't know why I think that Kent State's going to cover this one. Uh, I just want to be right about something, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to be right about something. And if I choose Utah State to win and I choose Kent State to cover, then I'm right about one of those automatically. So I could be right about uh, both, but I'm definitely right about one. So uh, that's where I'm at. Let's go ahead and move on to our next bowl game. We have the New Mexico Bowl. No sponsor on this one. That's pretty risky, but I like it. Uh, We have Central (laughs) Michigan visiting San Diego State. San Diego State is actually the first home team that we've covered so far. That's the uh, favorite. So I don't know how they decide the home team games, but. Yeah, I must. You keep saying at, and I was like, well, they're, they're they're playing in Albuquerque. (laughs) Okay, yeah, but they're still a home team. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. What do you want me to say? Um, you want me to say Central Michigan and the home team is San Diego State? You get to say Central Michigan versus San Diego State. No, that's absurd. Oh, God. Um, I, I mean, I think this game um, is also, like, going to be pretty interesting. I mean, it's a high-powered offense in Central Michigan versus a San Diego State defense that I did not know was as good. No, I mean, they're – I didn't know it either, honestly. Um, I knew that they went nine and three for some reason, and I guess that had to be it because they're. I mean, their leading rusher has five hundred yards. What are you going to do about that? And their, I mean, their quarterback has twenty one hundred yards passing. Those aren't great numbers, so I guess their defense is kind of carrying them. Yeah, I mean, they're only averaging nineteen points per game, but they're only allowing twelve. That's pretty. That's pretty solid, man. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. They, they lost to Hawaii 14 on to 11. Island. On the island. Don't forget about that. And then they, they, they beat BYU 13 to 3, only allowed 7 to Fresno State. I mean, they've been playing out their minds lately. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're good. Um, but oh, that's, 
I can't, I really am still shook about that. I, I was doing my research on this game and I was like, good God, like 12 points. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, Zach, I've got a couple questions for well, really only one question. Uh, and that's, do any of these names mean anything to you? Tony Gwynn, Kawhi Leonard, Steven Strasburg, and Kathleen Kennedy. They're alumni for San Diego All State. All San Diego State alumni, Zach. Uh, and I know that none of these people people played football, uh, and none of them are going to influence this game at all. But name recognition, Zach, it matters, and that is why I'm going with San Diego State. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that and I think San Diego State's actually pretty decent this year. Like they're pretty good, uh, and even kind of on a national scale, but definitely on a Mountain West Conference scale. Yeah. Um, you know. I think my, my X factor in this game is Quentin Dormady, uh, the Central Michigan quarterback. Uh, you know, he has to have a big game. He's had a decent year. But I think he's the better quarterback in this game, and he's going to have to have a big game so that the running back, uh, Ward, can have a big game too. Because, I mean, Ward has had a heck of a year, over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. But I think Central Michigan has an explosive enough offense where they can get this game up until the 20s and 30s and San Diego State's not going to have enough firepower to keep up, so I think Central Michigan pulls out this game. Nah, see, I'm going to take San Diego State, but I'm also going to take them at the spread. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, so they're going to win this game by a million. So go ahead and write that down. Zach's wrong. Everyone knows it. Uh, who's got the better pick-six record? That's where I'll leave that one at. <laughs> About three games. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing pretty all right. Yeah, all right. fair enough. <laughs> I, You know, I don't have too much else to say about this game. Um, I think that San Diego State's going to – I mean, the defense is going to have to step up the same way they've been stepping up all year long. Um, and I think their rushing game has to be kicked in the gear a little bit. And if it doesn't, then, uh, I mean, obviously their passing game has to do something. Uh, so, I mean, that's just general outlines. There was nothing uh, – there was nothing, I, I guess, that was uh, super significant in what I just said. But uh, follow me anyway. It doesn't really matter. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next bowl game. We've got, and this one's one of my favorite sponsors, we've got the FBC Mortgage Bowl, Cure Bowl, Cure Bowl, Cure Bowl. What? Oh, it's like the Breast Cancer Cure Bowl. Because that's the yeah. Big, uh, well, that's that's cool. I kind of feel bad now for, for mispronouncing it. All right, so we've got Liberty uh, versus, that one's for Zach, versus Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is a five-point favorite in this one. Um, I don't know. Uh, this is this is going to be a fun game just because it's it's Hugh Freeze and Liberty versus Georgia Southern. Yeah, I think I think the reason this game is going to be interesting is because Hugh Freeze is going to be looking to make a statement. In my opinion, I mean, I think right now he's playing for a future Power Five opportunity somewhere. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I'm, I mean, he wins a bowl game at Liberty. He does it next year. I think if a spot opens up, Hugh Freeze is going to be on the top of a lot of lists. He might be. Uh, I think that – I don't know. He's, he went to Liberty and apparently just, like, changed face. Like, he just changed his total image from what he was at, at Ole Miss. Um, I don't know if a lot of teams are going to buy that, whatever. But, yeah, you might be right about that. I don't know. The only problem in this game for Liberty, though, is their defense. Um, uh, there's more than that. They're starting. Yeah. Yeah. Also a fact, but dude, you can't be, you can't allow 422 yards per game and almost 200 yards rushing. And you're coming in against a triple option team. 
Dude, Georgia Southern, gotta love. You gotta love it though, dude. And I mean, so have you followed Georgia Southern much this year? Uh, I went to a game. They were. I went to the LSU Georgia Southern game. Not a great, not a great look. But I'll talk about their other games. So. I think Georgia Southern has been extremely impressive this year. They had a three-point loss to Minnesota in Minnesota, and we we saw what Minnesota did this year. Then they upset Appalachian State on the road uh, on a Thursday night game, and they've also played LSU, who's another ranked Smacked team. So five three. Did you really expect Georgia Southern to beat LSU? Come on, no, bro. but you're acting like it's a good thing. I mean, they got experience playing real teams, though. So, I think having a team that's battle-tested coming into bowl season, that it pays off in these smaller games. Fair enough, sure. I mean, they have they know what it's like, and I think they're going to come in here, add that to, you know, Liberty's starting quarterback is out of the game. I think Georgia Southern wins, and I think they cover by a lot. I actually – I have Liberty winning this game. Um because not only does Liberty have Hugh Freeze, but they've got the power of God on their side, Zach, and that's an intangible you just really can't argue against. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I also love that this game's in Orlando. Uh, it's where UCF plays. Or not where US – no, it's not where UCF plays. That's not where they're playing this game. They're playing this one at Orlando City's field, uh, the, the professional soccer team there. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, we all know how football games do at soccer stadiums, ask the Chargers. Um, and I am a little bit worried about Stephen Calvert. Uh, that's that's Liberty's starting quarterback. He's out for the game. And let me tell you, if you haven't seen this guy, go ahead and give him a Google because it's worth it. This dude belongs on – you know, the, the All-American teams came out. He belongs on the first team, All-Amish team, and that's just because you need to see this guy's beard. It's insane. Uh, I can say that because there's no Amish listening to this podcast, so uh, shout out, Amish. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I think I, something about this game, something about Liberty – uh, Hugh Freeze coaching from that hospital bed earlier in the year. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm the heart guy. I'm going to go with Liberty. No, I just don't see a way that they make enough stops on this Georgia Southern team. Yeah, I, mean, I really you, don't. I look through the teams they played. Like it's 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 kind of funny. Like they allowed they got beat by Syracuse twenty four nothing. They allowed thirty five points to UL Lafayette. Um, I mean, it's it's you can go down the list. They allowed forty four points to Maine. Their defense not great. We all know. It. Yeah, no. So they I think lost Georgia to Southern. Rutgers. Uh-oh. Oh, I yeah. picked the wrong team. So, so I think Georgia Southern runs through Liberty, and they win this game by twenty or more points. All right, we'll see. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, next, we have the Cherubundi. Is that it, Cherubundi? The Cherubundi no Boca Raton Bowl. Um, and this is SMU, uh, and I can say at for this one. It's at Florida Atlantic because it's literally their home field. I think it's so garbage that teams get to play <laughs> their, at their home stadium. Are you kidding me? I mean, we've got, who do we have? We have them, and we have Hawaii for Hawaii? sure. Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. Sick. I like it. I hate it so much. And then you have teams like LSU that are going to get to play their bowl game in the exact same place they've just played. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then, God forbid, LSU makes the championship. They get to play in freaking New Orleans. Are you kidding well, me? What happened the last time they played in New Orleans for the national championship? They got smacked. But what happened the three times before that, Zach? That's three natties, baby. All right. So that's all you really need to know. Um, okay. 
Anyway, not this game. (laughs) We'll we'll get back to that later. Um, So for Atlantic, somehow the home team is a three-point dog in this one. Um, I don't know. I still don't think they're going to sell this game out. I don't know how many seats they have in the stadium, but it would be hilarious if they didn't sell out. That's what I'm. They have they have they have twenty nine thousand. Yeah, they won't sell out. That'll be hilarious too. Be the greatest. No, and I don't think they're going to win. Um, <laughs> I have SMU by a lot. I like in my bowl mania. I have this one set for forty. Oh my gosh, uh, dude! Lane Kiff is not coaching <laughs> this game. Fair. Um, he was the mastermind of the offense. The offense is the high point of this team. The defensive coordinator is taking over head coaching job, and now the offensive coordinator has to take over play calling for Lane Kiffin. And I'm going to uh, – how are the players going to respond without their head coach? It's always just 50-50. You never know. I'm suspecting they're not going to respond great because Willie Taggart is Willie Taggart. And, you know, on the other side, you have SMU, who is motivated to get up to 11 wins for the first time since the 1980s. Right. Um, Yeah, I've also got SMU in this game. Um, And in my notes, I wrote that SMU might actually kill this Florida Atlantic team, um, and not figuratively. So this this game's going to be bad. So I'm going to go ahead and call my shot. I think SMU wins by 28. So do what you need to do. I mean, that's just – that's out there in the open. By 28? Is that what – Four touchdowns, yeah. I just I just want to know – okay, I, can I call you out real quick? Go ahead. So, you know, I, I was just – me and Brandon were talking right before we started recording, and he said he had FAU. I want to know when you switched, bro. When did I say I had FAU? Oh, I sure did. I sure did say I had FAU. <laughs> I don't know why I said I had FAU. No, I've got SMU. <laughs> <laughs> B-dubs a flip-flopper. Trying to throw you off. Oh, God. But, you know, SMU is so impressive to me. Uh, I, I don't think all 10-2 slash 10-3 records are equal. Um, I, SMU only losses have come to Memphis and Navy, both on the road and both by single digits. Right. Um, that's pretty – I can't lie. That is decent. Um, and I think Shane uh, Bouchelle, the quarterback for SMU, is going to lead this team. I mean, he has 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns. I mean, come on, man. I'll be honest man, with you. I'm, I'm impressed that you knew how to pronounce that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm here, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm in here. Um, <laughs> but I think he's going to make this a high-scoring game. And without Lane Kiffin, I don't think this FAU team is going to be able to keep up. But the biggest thing for, uh, you know, Shane is no turnovers. Uh, if you keep giving FAU turnovers, it's going to be a problem. We saw what happened when UAB turned the ball over a lot last week, uh, a few weeks ago when they played in their conference championship game, 49-6. to So SMU has to take care of the ball. But I think SMU is the more motivated team, and they come in and just smack FAU. All right. Uh, I understand that. I actually agree with that. So we're going to move on to our final game of our pick six for this episode. We've got the Camellia Bowl, um, and that's going to be Florida International University uh, versus Arkansas State. All right. Hang on. In Montgomery. Go ahead. So, guys, y'all, you guys should trust me by now when I tell you guys what games to watch. This, if you don't watch a single other bowl game all season – this is the game you better watch. Why? 
Dude, so this game, how long has this game been going on, Brandon, without looking it up? FIU Arkansas State? No, the Camellia Bowl. Oh, I have no idea. Five years. Good. Okay. Okay. Every single year, the game has been decided by five points or less. Okay. I like where your head's at. Dude, and, and th- I think two or three of the games have went into overtime. All right. I like And it. the other two were decided on the last drive. So this game is, I guess, blessed. I almost said cursed, but it's blessed to be one of the best games of bowl season every year please watch this game this i it, this is my ultimate mortal lock that this will be an amazing game to watch uh yeah and actually I, you know w- you know we're from alabama we know that you know a lot of our listeners live in alabama if you can drive up to montgomery or drive down wherever you're at drive to montgomery take us to like nine dollars right now go watch this game go fill that stadium it's gonna be it's gonna be fun Okay, I'm not going to lie. Um, Brady, are you busy Saturday? Uh, are, are we going? Dog, if I, I, if I leave Kansas Friday night and get to Alabama on Saturday, we should go to this game. We will, we will do something for you guys. We will go to this game for you guys. We got, we got live plans on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you all on that. But anyway, um, I, I, you know – and I don't even think it's just the history of this bowl game that makes it interesting to watch. I think these teams are very evenly matched. Um, you know, I think Arkansas State has a little bit better offense, but FIU definitely has the better defense because Arkansas well, State's defense close. is garbage. They're allowing 480 yards a game. Jesus Christ, that is terrible. I didn't know um, yeah, no kidding. But I just want to highlight a player that you guys might not know about that you guys should watch. Of course, my X factor is usually quarterback play. James Morgan versus Lane Hatcher is going to be a great matchup. But pay attention to Omar Bayless. Um, he is the wide receiver for Arkansas Good State. God. He is he is going to be he's uh, a six three senior out of Laurel, Mississippi. He's number seven. If you guys are watching, I hope y'all tune in. I hope y'all trust me. This dude has almost fifteen hundred yards receiving and sixteen touchdowns. Dude, he has literally half. <laughs> he has like he has almost half of the receptions that this quarterback's thrown. He has way more than half of the yards and way more than half of the touchdowns. He has almost all the touchdowns. <laughs> He has 16 out of 23 touchdowns from this guy. That is insane. But I just want to make sure y'all know how to watch this kid. But I think Omar Bayless is going to show out in the last game of his career, the last game in a Red Wolves jersey. And I'm taking Arkansas State. And I think they cover. I think they win by three. Last second field goal (laughs) is where I'm putting my bet. I'm going to stick with uh, Florida International, and I'm only doing that because I don't think that Arkansas State's defense can keep up. Uh, it's not even like FIU's offense is great. It's just their defense is that bad. Like, they got beat by South Alabama. South Alabama's like, what, 2-10? and 10? Or yeah. like 2-9, two, like, like, like two and nine, whatever. Anyway, so they, you know, not great. Um, I don't know. I don't think this defense can really step up the challenge. So that's, that's where I'm at. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue. But, guys, this game is going to be really close. Please watch it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, uh, you know, we will get back to you guys. Uh, me and Brandon will talk. We may be there. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is just kind of, you know, an extension of pick six. But we've got the Celebration Bowl preview. Um, and for those of you who do not know what the Celebration Bowl is, it's an FCS matchup. So on this game, we like to keep up with FBS football, like Division One FBS. This is Division One FCS. Um, and it's the matchup between the champion of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference and the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, and this, this matchup is going to be between Alcorn State and North Carolina A&T. North Carolina, North Carolina A&T is the two-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, they're going to be playing in Atlanta. And just let me say this before we say anything else. Super cool that they have this game for these two uh, HBCU uh, conferences. Uh, the best part, though, each conference puts up a million dollars, and the winner gets the payout of two million dollars. That That's is lit. A large payout for a bowl game. That's lit, and the fact that the schools put it up like amazing. Yeah, I know that's incredible. Um, and in case you guys don't usually get up at eleven a.m. to watch, you know, the celebration bowl. Do it, do it, do dude. It, do it. This is an amazing game to watch, man. The passion in this game and how bad these kids want to win because they don't usually get to play on, you know, ABC or in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is the Falcon Stadium, which is where they played the SEC championship. I thought they were playing in the Georgia Dome. Well, the Georgia Dome's been torn down, bro. Oh, my bad. Sorry, I don't keep up with the Georgia Dome. God, they tore that down and they had that brand-new stadium. Well, yeah, I knew they had the new stadium. I didn't know they tore the Georgia Dome down. Yeah, man. When I went to the SEC Championship in 17, they were, like, literally demoing it while people were going into the SEC Championship. Dog, I just want to say, like, I mean, (laughs) it's it's been – like, outside of this year, it's been a while since LSU's been there. I'm just saying. (laughs) I I figured that y'all might not know. All Um, right. (laughs) I'm sorry. Anyway, um, I mean, I I literally – like, this is just not another bowl game for these players. Uh, They want to win this game more than anything. So, if you want to watch some good football, get up a little bit early and turn this game on on ABC. But, uh, you know, literally both of these teams have been on a roll. Um, Yeah, they look really good. But they're conference champions. Yeah, like I've been, I looked at, I looked, I did some research, man. Alcorn State and North Carolina A&T have both won their last four out of five. Yeah, and this this game has only been going on. This is the fifth year. Um, and I think these teams have both made it three times out of the last five times. I'm not positive about that, but I think I read that. I know uh, Grambling made it one year because I remember watching them. Yeah, one year, but. Um, you know, they're in here a lot. These are two of the best teams from, you know, their respective conferences. And each one is unique, though, because Alcorn State is – these teams are both impressive on offense. Alcorn State does a lot of theirs through the air. Their quarterback, Felix Harper. Incredible. Um, yeah, 2,600 yards, 30 touchdowns. Um, but then you got North Carolina A&T. They do it on the ground. Jermaine Martin, 1,100 yards, 18 touchdowns. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. So which team can dictate the pace of the game? Can Alcorn State get the passing game going and turn this into just an air raid type attack in the dome, which is very likely? And can North Carolina A&T control the clock and run the ball and keep that ball away from Alcorn State? That's going to determine who wins this game, in my opinion. Yeah, and let me tell you something. If you're not up watching this game and – I don't know what you're doing. Second of all, if you live in or near Atlanta, and I know we mentioned 
you have to go to the Camellia Bowl if you live near Montgomery. But if you live near Atlanta and you're not going to this game, you are really missing out. This is probably going to be the most fun atmosphere of all time. I mean, Alcorn State, North Carolina A&T in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I live like six hours away, and if I wasn't going to see my family for Christmas, I'd be up there in a second. Hmm. I got a second. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Heather would understand. <laughs> if I went to the yeah, I'm going to the celebration bowl. Sorry, uh, this was just canceled this year. Yeah, there you go. Um, but you know, to get to the picks, I have Alcorn State winning this game. Um, yeah, North Carolina A and T's also been impressive, but I feel like in the dome. Uh, Felix Harper is going to put on a show. I think um, Alcorn State is going to make enough plays to win. I think they've looked more impressive in their more, more recent games, so I'm going to ride with the Braves here. Yeah, I agree with you. I've got Alcorn State, and I've got them outright. I mean, it's two and a half points. If they don't – well, well, they went outright because uh, A&T is the two and a half. By the way, what is – I didn't know what an A&T school was. I had to look it up. Agricultural and technological. Uh, they really do it all, and that's going to make it really tough for me to pick okay. against them. Bro, funny story. The only reason I knew that is because when I was applying to grad schools, one of like my mentors I was talking to was a was a professor at North Carolina A and T. <laughs> really? And so, that's like, funny. I actually knew that school when like I looked up this game. I was like, oh, bet. <laughs> like, I knew Alcorn. Like, I've known. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I've I've heard like Grambling, Alcorn, Alabama A and M, like, like uh, Southern. Southern yeah, Howard, uh, like all those schools yeah, um, I mean, on know, the radar. We know HB, uh, well, it's HBCU. Yeah, yeah, we know, yeah, we know them. Anyway, um, yeah, watch this game. Please watch this game. Uh, in all honesty, though, this game is go- is great for both of these uh, schools, these HBCU schools. It's a great opportunity. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You should definitely watch it if you can. My last question before we move on. Which band do you think is going to be better? Because they're both going to be Ooh. great, and that's just facts. Dude, that's like t- – like, you're really going to make me pick? Like, oh, that's, I mean, that's dirty. I, you, already, you already picked Al- – we both picked Alcorn State to win the football game. Who do you think is going to win? You know what? Game? I'm going with North Carolina a and I'm going to ride with Alcorn still, you know? All right, bet. All right, bet. Hey, <laughs> I, I, took your, I took your approach. I, I, I have to be right on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on. Um, we have – our second no it's not even our second to last segment we've got two more um i've got my storyline of the day and i guess i'll start this one out because uh you know why not my storyline of the day is that chase young was probably misquoted in the past week uh it's something that we've all heard about if you haven't heard about it basically while he's been traveling around uh for the heisman trophy presentation for the other uh award presentations award ceremonies uh he was asked you know what are your plans? Are you going to commit for the draft? Because he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't done that yet, uh, which, you know, a lot of people don't until after their bowl games because they want to basically show their team that that's what they're focused on. And his wording, and I know what happened. I know that he was sitting there like, yeah, I'm probably going to get this question. People have probably been telling him, hey, you're going to get this question. Here's how you should probably answer. And so he came up with an answer in his head. And then when he got asked it, he kind of like stumbled. And he said that uh, he's not worried about the NFL, like at all. So a lot of people took that as he's coming back to Ohio State. I think that you have to be a moron to think that he meant he was coming back to Ohio State. People love to twist words, and this is just a prime example of it. Yeah, I I don't see how he comes back. And if he does, holy crap, how good is Ohio State's defense going to be? 
uh, it's gonna be scary. I actually, I don't even want to think about that. So, like, yeah, there's no way he comes back though. Yeah. Uh, I really, it's just the same. It's the same thing about the people thinking Tua is gonna come back. I I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, we've got some hopefuls, but um, other than that, it's no. just not gonna happen. I mean, he's he's got. I mean, top probably top three. He might be the top pick in the draft. That's how good he is. Yeah. I, I think he's a consensus, you know, top prospect. It just depends on what team gets number one and what do they need. They, well, not even what they need. It's just because even if they don't need – that's the thing. And that's what I hate. I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. That's why I hate the NFL because they give the worst teams like that are usually the worst coached the first pick in the draft because they have the worst uh, record, right? Well, mm-hmm. what happens when you do that? is you get a dumb coach or a dumb GM or a dumb owner that's like, hey, you know what? I know that we have this quarterback uh, that could probably be, you know, uh, let's just let's just call the team that I'm thinking of right now, let's call them the Bensonati Singles. So say that the Bensonati Singles have a quarterback, <laughs> and let's name him uh, Dandy Alton. Um, and he's a pretty good quarterback, right? Uh, you know, he's got the hair that matches his jersey, and – and what they're going to do because they're a dumb team is they're going to draft a guy, ah, let's say, let's say Bo Juro. Um, they draft Bo Juro, and then they're just going to have two quarterbacks. I mean, one that might be a little bit better than the other. Who knows? Uh, we don't know how either – I mean, we don't know how one of them is going to be in that. We don't know how the college quarterback is going to react in the NFL. We, you know, we all have our guesses, but no one truly knows. And then they're just going to have two quarterbacks, and where they probably could have really um, – where they could have really prospered by drafting Chase Young. So that's my tangent. I hate it, but that's what's going to – that might be what happens. Fair enough, but – um, the lottery. Let's get the lottery in the NFL. In case you didn't know, uh, Dandy, uh, Dandy Alton um, is not owned any guaranteed money. He'll probably be a free agent. Mm, hypothetically, Dandy Alton, uh, I don't think he's leaving. <laughs> I, don't, I think he's got it pretty good right, with, right there in Cincinnati. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not his choice if the team's like not get out. Yeah. Okay. But if they were smart, I'd say re-sign him or sign another quarterback. I don't know. Maybe a guy uh, – uh, I don't know. Just let's say a guy who had a tryout in Atlanta earlier this year. Uh, maybe sign him. Who knows? Anyway, that's, yeah. that's beside the point. Hmm. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with that one. All right. So that's, that's the end of my storyline. I just, I, the way people twist words and the reason that I knew it was going to be bad is because TMZ broke the news. So when you're getting your oh, call God. from TMZ, that's, you know, stop right there. Yeah. I mean, and props to him for focusing on the bowl game, bro. Like he's playing for the national championship. Just give the kid a yeah, break. Good for him. Mm. But this is a perfect segue into your boy's storyline. This is the time of year. All analytics guys look forward to. And it is Todd McShay released his mock draft 1.0. Uh-oh. And your boy's got some problems. All right, where are they? All right, Brandon. Uh, I'm just I'm going to give you the team, right? Okay. And I'm going to see if you can – just assume who they might have drafted or what position. I'll give you positions. Guessing the player might be a little hard. All right. Um. So you got you got the thirty first pick with the 49ers. 49ers. 
mm, well, they've got they've got a pretty good D line. Uh, I'd go probably maybe. I know their running backs are pretty deep, but maybe a running back. They did get a running back. Um, wow, J.K. Jake J.K. Dobbins to be Dobbins exact. Thirty one. All the way at thirty one. That's nuts. <laughs> That's insane, dude. I think he's a better prospect than Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're going to put him at 31? Which is disrespectful. And then, like, also, I know we are in an NFL podcast. We're doing this mostly because of the players. Um, how scary are the 49ers going to be with J.K. Thomas as a running back? Jeez, Added on to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll tell you what they really need, though. I'm, this isn't an NFL. We're talking about the draft prospects. They need a wide receiver because apparently yeah. the only guy who can catch balls in, uh, in San Francisco is uh, George Kittle. Yep. He got literally like 75% of the passes uh, on Sunday. I think they got some injuries at wide receiver, though. So, we'll see. We'll, well see. Free... Sanders, and he's, he's a good receiver. They just won't throw to him. Yeah. And they also got Pettis from uh, Washington yeah. a few years back. Um, okay. So, next, we're, we're working our way up. We At number 26, we got the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Um, let's go with a defensive end. Nope. A wide receiver. Okay. Devontae Smith from Alabama. All right. What's your gripe? I don't have a gripe. Uh, oh, you actually like this one. I, I think this is one of the best picks of the draft. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a very you're, valuable you're, pick at 26 if it happens. You're going you're gonna to give Aaron Rodgers Devontae Smith? That's not fair. Dude, come on. And literally, this is the only thing holding the Packers back is that literally Green Bay, outside of Aaron Jones, has no help for Aaron Rodgers. And you're going to give him Devontae Smith that runs like a, a negative four point, you know, 40 yard. Like he just teleports. <laughs> okay. This is the same dude who, what, had five uh, receiving touchdowns in one game this year? Yeah, I think so. That's disrespectful. Disrespectful. Okay. Well, All right. next? next, we got the number 21, pick 21, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they need everything a quarterback. No, you know that you know how they have, they have Derrick Henry, Tannehill, and yeah, oh, they're getting a running yeah. back. They DeAndre Swift. That's so stupid. <laughs> okay, this this is right well, one. To be fair, to be fair, this is the Titans we're talking about, right? Yeah, this is one of those dumb teams with a dumb owner. So, but dude, th- this team could be a playoff team. Yeah, they could be a playoff you, team every year, but they're just not. I know, but here's my gripe. One. How is DeAndre Swift 10 picks better than J.K. Dobbins? No, I, I see what you're saying there. That's just not the truth. Two, why would you just keep Derrick Henry? Fair. Fair enough. Are you kidding me? And they have Deion Lewis. Yeah. Who won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Like, come on, bro. I have problems with this one. Um, I hear your problems, and I like it. I mean, I understand. Major. That. Um, so this is not on my list. This is just a tidbit for you. They have Justin Jefferson going 15 to the Colts. Really? Really? What? Yep. He wasn't even going to be drafted like like preseason. Like they expected him not to be drafted. Now he's a 15th overall pick. Yep. I, I don't really – I don't care about discussing it because I don't have a problem with it. But, I don't have a problem um, with it either. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. I'm just glad that this guy at least recognized it. Yeah. So there you go. So, pick number 12, the Broncos. Okay. They need a lot. So, I, this is going to be really hard. Uh, Bronco, <laughs> I, let's go with quarterback again because they have Joe Flacco. 
Nope. A safety. What? Grant Delpit. Ugh. You're you're trying to make me mad now. <laughs> Grant Delpit is going twelve to the Broncos. I like it because okay, that's a good so hear that's me a, out. That's a so, okay, so they have Joe Flacco. You're right, not great, but also they have Drew Locke as a backup that probably only needs about another year. And that defense was ravaged by free agency and bad trades. So I think Grant Delpit is a long-time starter in the NFL, and I don't mind that pick as much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, All right, I'm so like move it. It, moving on, number 10, pick number 10, the Chargers. Oh, Chargers, they're pretty good at – they're good at quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Um, I mean, they've got two good running backs. Um I don't know. Quarter, how old is Philip Rivers? No, they're not gonna 38. They're too stupid. Um, 38. They're too stupid to try to get someone who can develop behind Philip Rivers right now. Um, they have Tyrod Taylor as a backup. Yeah, but that's Tyrod Taylor. He's not okay, a backup, but he's not. I'm going gonna... to spoil it for you. It's a quarterback. Oh, God. Do, okay. do you know which quarterback? Joe Burrow. Nope. Justin Herbert. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad that he wasn't that. Okay. That's good. Yeah, you know, and I'm – okay, so hear me out. I think it's okay because you, you can – he does not have to play next year. I think Phillip Rivers has two years on him at least. Um, you get Justin Herbert. He stays on the West Coast. He's used to the West Coast. Running a kind of a, a, a pro-style-ish offense at Oregon right now. I don't mind this pick a lot. Yeah, I, and I like it. Listen – I've been on the record of saying that I think Justin Herbert's going to be a great – or not great. I think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Um, I think he's going to be a lot better in the NFL than he is in college. So, And he's pretty good in college. He's not a bad college quarterback, but I think that he's going to be better in uh, – I think he'll be better in the NFL. I, I think we compared him to Stafford, right? I think I could see him being like a Stafford. Yes, yes. And Matt Stafford, what a tragedy that is because <laughs> – the best quarterbacks, the Lions. The Lions are the worst. They're they're the worst team in the NFL. That's awesome. Yeah, worst franchise. Um, so six. Pick number six. We got the Arizona Cardinals. So they finally got their quarterback. They need an O line. Let's go with an O lineman. A wide receiver. That's stupid. C D well, Lamb. Okay. C D Lamb. I don't dislike that. Who was his teammate last year, bro? Kyler Murray. Yeah, who's the quarterback for the Cardinals? Kyler Murray. Okay. I okay, I Dude, see where you're going with this. That that, that is fire. <laughs> they need an O line though. What are they gonna do? Oh yeah. Well, to be fair, there's only one offensive lineman that deserves to go in the top ten. And I, I don't uh no, uh uh Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Okay. Um and I don't I, I think six is too high for him. So I, I get it, bro. You get yourself a weapon. And I mean, I think this O-lineman class is pretty deep. You can get you a starter at late later in the first round or second or third round. Right. Um, pick number four, you got the Miami Dolphins. Ooh. They need everything too. They're rebuilding. Um I don't know. They literally need everything. Uh at this point I'm just trying to think about who I think is going to go to number four in the draft. That's uh, tough. Um Let's go. Did they get a quarterback? Yep. Yeah. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua. Okay. That's okay. That makes sense. 
apparently the Dolphins are really high on Tua. Like, apparently they'll pick him regardless. Like, he could just disintegrate <laughs> tomorrow, and they'd be like, bro, we'll take his ashes with number four. Well, the best part about the Dolphins is that that first they were tanking for Tua, and then all of a sudden they quit tanking because they don't really know how to tank that well. Um, and uh, they are still going to get Tua. Like, the best thing that could happen for the Dolphins was Tua getting hurt because now they're going to get him. Yep. Um, two more picks I wanted to highlight. Number three, the Washington Redskins. Our words. Um, oh, shoot. Who do I think is going to get number three overall? Um, <laughs> You're not going to guess it. I'll be shook if you guess it without looking. I'm not looking. I don't even know what you're looking at right now. Uh, oh, you already told me, but I just don't listen to you. Um, what position do they pick? They are going to go – they need everything. They don't need a running back. They probably need a quarterback. Well, they got Dwayne Haskins last year. I'd be – But Dwayne Haskins, know. have you seen him play That's in the NFL? That's true. That's true. They're just going to pull – they're going to pull a Cardinals. Um, uh, wide receiver. Facts. Really? Wide receiver Jerry Judy is going number three overall to the uh, to the Washington Redskins. Yeah, that's kind of wild. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I don't. Wild. Okay, look, Jerry Judy's really good. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but the number three pick. No, nah, no, nah, I see what you're saying. Um, My dog. That's tough. Dog. That's 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 high. <laughs> what are you gonna do about that? That's uh, real high. Dude, yeah. I mean, uh, since Calvin, I think Calvin Johnson was the last player to go that high. Yeah, I, I remember right. So, well, that's wide that receiver, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, he's not a Calvin Johnson. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. So finally, number one, the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati. Uh, it sounds an awful lot like Cincinnati. Um. Yeah. Chase Young. Joe Burrow. Yeah. See, I just didn't want that to be true. Yep. Uh, apparently, this is almost a guarantee. Did you see Sunday Boomer Assassin gave Joe Burrow a Bengals helmet on NFL Today saying that it is a done deal? Uh, I wish it wasn't. At least he gets to go back to Ohio, I guess. Uh, Cincinnati uh, hates Joe Burrow, though. That's the one thing. Mm. Like the city but of yeah. Cincinnati. In, in, in case you're wondering, Chase Young went two to the Giants. Yeah, well, that's that's a great pick. That's So – that that's those are the picks I wanted to highlight. Um, Brandon, is there any player that you were surprised I didn't highlight, or were wondering if he was going in the first round? Um, well, to put me on the spot right now, um, <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go. With the, let's go with the O lineman you're talking about. Where do you go? Number seven to the Jets. Jets. Okay, they need an O line too. They um, do because Sam Darnold's going to freaking get decapitated. Well, he already. If Mono doesn't take him out, if Water Fountain doesn't take him out, then then his uh, O line will. Um, Facts. If kissing girls after his games, um, I don't know. Uh, oh, I mean, are there any others you thought we should highlight? I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, in case you're wondering who else went in the top ten, we had Derek Brown at nine to the Panthers. Like it. Out of Auburn. Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, going eight to the Jaguars. Um, Jeff Okuda, cornerback Ohio State, going to the Lions at uh, five. And that was the rest of the top ten we did not cover. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Not we'll, all we'll keep... of those were absolutely terrible. The J.K. Dobbins, that was the worst one by far. Oh, yeah. And the De- DeAndre Swift, I couldn't get behind either. Yeah, that was stupid. They, they should, if uh, it would have been flipped, I kind of get that. Dude, and I mean – uh, just Alabama had three wide receivers go in the top 
f- the the first round. Henry Ruggs went eighteen to the Eagles. That doesn't really surprise me that much, though. Like, no, I get I get that whole wide receiver core going. I, I I get it. I mean, you know, there there were some surprises in here. Like, there there was a Colorado, no, a Boise State defensive end going in the top twenty. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, so let's go and move on. I know that I said that we we're going to do gambling corner today. I think that we're just going to hold off until tomorrow because we've got all these games. That way, we don't cover everything that we've done. So let's move on to our final segment of today's show. Um, it's yeah, our right. new segment that we mentioned. Uh, it's it's what I what I call it. I called it first team all decade. So yep. Zach, this was your idea. I'm going to give you credit. Go ahead and explain it to him. So guys, the decade is coming to an end of college football. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you our own the Blue Bloods all decade team. So each episode will cover two positions: one offense, one defense. And Brandon will have his, I will have mine. We'll each pick a player at each position that we think should represent this all-decade team. And we will argue and debate until we decide on one. And then we, will, at the end of this, we will release on all our social medias, including our blog, what our all-decade team is from yours truly, the Blue Bloods. Um, and today, we will do quarterback and defensive end, which I think are going to be two of the hardest positions to do. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to let you go ahead and hit it off with the quarterback first. Okay. Um, I tried so hard not to be biased. I know who you're going to pick. I knew who you were going to pick. Doing my research, friend, is there really anyone else who had such a big season in in the 2010s as Cam Newton? Yeah. Dude, listen to these stats. Because I'm an analytics guy. I know you're supposed to avoid stats as much as possible on the podcast. But for all decade team, you guys need to know. This dude completed 66% of his passes for almost 3,000 yards passing, 30 touchdowns with only seven interceptions, and had 1,500 yards rushing, another 20 touchdowns. And guess what, Brandon? To add on, he had a receiving touchdown. Oh, sick, dude. Cool. I mean, dude, no one had a more dominating year than Cam Newton in this decade. I know he was only, you know, played one year, but – I don't. I don't think anyone had a better season, and I really don't think if he comes back another year that he gets stopped. All right. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I almost picked him for the same reason, but I did not pick him. Um, I also tried my best to not be biased, so I was looking around and I was like, "Well, who were the best quarterbacks of the 2010s?" And you got players like Marcus Mariota, who were, and we're not looking at pro careers; we're looking at what they did in college. So, Marcus Mariota, incredible season with Oregon. Uh, Cam Newton, like Zach said. Uh, we move on to, like, Johnny Manziel, incredible. He was uh, my honorable mention. Johnny Manziel. He would, be, he would be second if I went for Cam Newton. Right. Um, but I, you know me. You know that I'm biased. Mr. Joe Burrow, take my trophy. Take my trophy right now. Get out. Get out. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Are you kidding me right now? Get out of here with that. The highest uh, completion percentage of all time, Zach. 79%, Zach. Get out of here. What did you say Cam Newton was? Like 62? 66. Dude, that is 13 percentage points. Uh, 13, Zach. Bro, okay. Can, Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Okay, I know they won't win the national championship, 
<laughs> you take each quarterback away from their team and put in just a mediocre quarterback. Like not, you know, we're not putting in Mitchell Trubisky. We're putting in, we're uh, who's an average quarterback that like we're putting in a Sean Clifford to both no, these teams. He's a bad quarterback. Okay, stop. Okay, uh, Tanner Morgan. Okay, fair. We're putting in a Tanner Morgan on both on on 2010 Auburn and this year LSU. Which team? Which team is better? Uh, LSU by a lot, right? Sure, dude. You saw that Auburn team. They wouldn't. They might not have won six games without Cam Newton. Yeah, well, okay, and that was kind of proven by what happened. Uh, what was it? Was it the next year? No, two years after when they went three and nine. Yeah. So Auburn was eight and five the year before, went undefeated, won the Natty, eight and five, two, th- three and nine. LSU, if you took Joe Burrow away, would probably still finish second in the SEC this year. Maybe. Um, okay. Also- how many first round? How many first round picks is LSU gonna have this year, bro? Uh, two, three. Oh, Grant Delbert. Sorry, I forgot about Grant Delbert. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, I'm just saying, Cam Newton carried the Auburn team. I think he made more of an impact on his team than Joe Burrow did. And Joe Burrow had an outstanding season. I think he's third. He was third on my list. I had a top three. Yeah, and it just, was you're just you're just lucky I didn't give it to Jameis Winston. You're lucky. I would have lost it. I literally probably would have put my head how, through this computer. <laughs> how do you do about it? How do you, how do you doing a sovereign? Uh, he did all right. I mean, he didn't play yeah, great first well. half. The second half, he did, <laughs> he did half. decent. Impeccable second half. Um, um, and I, I, I just – I don't think – I mean, because Joe Burrow was outstanding through the air, but Cam Newton did it on in the air and on the ground, and he was probably – him and Lamar Jackson were the most dynamic quarterbacks of the of, – of, I would say of 2000 to now. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was another one of mine um, that I had in my – I made out like a top ten anyway. So, you know, uh, all all great quarterbacks. Bryce Petty, great quarterback. Um, Anyway, yeah, (laughs) throwback, right? Um, Forgot about him, huh? Yeah, I did. I honestly was like, Bryce Petty, I was like, ooh. All right, so let's go ahead and move on, on to defensive end. Do you want Wait, me to hang on? No, 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 no. We have to figure out who we're putting on our on our all decade. We're just going to argue. No, we have to decide who we're going to release as the Blue Bloods all decade. Oh, we have one all decade team. This is this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so do you want to make it like first and second team? Uh, we still, dude, because the thing is, you're going to bully me into saying that Cam <laughs> deserves it. You're going to do that. You're going to bully me. Oh, I'm going to throw up, bro. Yeah, okay, ahead. so okay, so could I tell you why that I can't put Joe Burrow there right now? Tell me. Has he won the Natty yet? Dude, the season's not over. Well, th- there you go. So until he wins the Natty, you cannot put him above Cam Newton. Dude, I could just argue that we shouldn't be doing this right now then because that, that <laughs> argument is insane. It's an insane <laughs> argument. What? <laughs> oh, I'm dying, bro. I'm yeah, dying. I, good. You know? Um, uh, <laughs> this might not have been a good idea, bro, because this is going to – this segment, we literally, if we just don't move on, bro, this segment is going to go on until tomorrow. It's going to be the first 23-hour episode. I'll get – okay, I'll – I'll give it to Cam. Okay, how about this? I'll give it to no, Cam Newton. No, no, hang listen on, to me. I'm giving, on, no, no, I, I, need to, I need to make my point. I'll give it to Cam Newton only because he won every single game that he played in. 
every single game. Yeah, that is a fact, including junior college. He had 51 touchdowns in that one season. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, it was – he had one year, won the Heisman. He had, they had nothing to look back on. Um, I mean, what else can I say? I mean, dude, I'm okay with just releasing Zach's all-decade team and Brandon's all-decade team. I also thought about that. Let's do that. Can okay. Bet, because, like, literally we're going to spend so much arguing on this next uh, you one. Know what I we know we could it. do. This is just – this is big brain at work right now. We can put up a poll. We can have people vote on it. Vote on who's, who should be on the all-decade team. I bet. Uh, tomorrow, got, well, no, today, when this episode comes out, we will have a poll out sometime in the afternoon. It's going to be y'all sad can vote. we have, like, no votes on it, too. I know. It is going to be sad. But uh, y'all go follow us on all <laughs> social media. We'll fight. Uh, Cam Newton or Joe Burrow should be, they be the all-decade team. Um, okay. So, defensive end, you, you can start this one off, Brandon. Um, J.J. Watt. Mm. That's a good. That's a good pick, and you know it's a good pick. Oh, Ooh, I didn't even have him on my list. Wow, that's wow, that's mean. Two different I mean, colleges, no. Zach. Two different colleges. Okay, so uh, woo, I guess. Yeah, pretty good, huh? I mean, it's it's decent, but um, you know, uh, I I still don't think he even compared anywhere near the guy I picked or my second pick. Okay. Um, I have Chase Young. Uh no. Oh well, he hasn't won the Natty yet, dude. Okay. Well, defensive linemen don't aren't judged on Natties, bro. They have. <laughs> That's insane. No... This is the most insane argument. This is almost worse than you giving people a <laughs> judging jobs. This is so okay. stupid. Guys, can, 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 can I read the stats to you, Brandon? I'd rather you not actually. Okay, JJ Watt had more total tackles by sure ten. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Chase Young had four more tackles for loss. And hang on, you ready for the kicker, Brandon? Go ahead. Hang on, I even got to do the math on this one. He had, what, 20 more sacks? Whatever. Hey, do you know how many, how many interceptions did Chase Young have? None, but J.J. Watt had oh, one. Had okay, one. How many for, okay, hang on. How many forced fumbles did J.J. Uh, Watt have? None. Chase Young has nine. Whatever. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give it to Jadavian Clowney. Dude, he was my second. For that one hit. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay, so here's why he's second. He had an outstanding first two years, freshman and sophomore. His last year at South Carolina was mediocre at best. Okay. I mean, there, there was that I, one, I'm hit. Look, well, one hit. I'm looking at the whole body of work here. I think Chase Young has put up the best stats right now, and he's not done. He's still got two games left. And so those 10 tackles that J.J. Uh, Watt have on, has on him, that's gone after the playoffs, especially if they beat Clemson. Also, hey, by the way, I don't know that you can – can you judge that on the same scale? Because J.J. Watt played for Central Michigan his first year. Okay. He, he played tight end, so it's not even counting his stats – that's what I'm saying. So he doesn't even have he doesn't have three years of being a DE or defensive end to be. Uh, I mean, how are you compare? He only has he still has ten more tackles. What? Okay, so, and I'm, I'm, that's and what he had a year less of playing. Dude, Chase Young the past two years has had ten and a half sacks and then sixteen and a half. 
JJ Watt had four and seven. Oh, dude, sick, sick. When sacks like mean that, more. Sacks mean more than tackles, and yeah, you know you, it. You love sacks, don't you, Zach? Oh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but you know, looking at solo tackles, I mean, Chase Young's right there too. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm valuing sacks because those are game changing plays rather than just tackles. Yeah, I'm going. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, Chase just Young, a, just a tackle. Just that one thing that's pretty important in football. But Chase Young has more impactful tackles with more tackles for loss. A whole other year of playing, too. Okay, that's not his fault. No, but what I'm saying is that if you gave J.J. Watt one more year in college, if he played for Wisconsin, if he played defensive end all three years, that would have been insane. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll give you that. But, I mean, Chase Young barely played this first year. Okay. He didn't even play in all the games. And he, he played in nine games and still had three and a half sacks. I mean, J.J. Watt played in 14 games his uh, freshman year, but they were all on offense. So, Well, is that, is that Chase Young's fault? It is not. I didn't say it was. I'm just saying, like, it can't be put – I don't know how you're putting this on the same scale. You can't measure it head-to-head head when one guy played two years, one guy played three years. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners decide, man. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that, right. that, that, that is a wrap on the <laughs> All-Decade team. What, what, a, what a dumpster fire. We're going to keep going, though. We love this. Um, and that's going to conclude this episode. Um, so watch out. We have another episode dropping tomorrow. Uh, that's three days in a row of episodes. And spoiler alert, we have one dropping uh, the next day, too. So uh, just keep up with us. Uh, we're going to be dropping pretty regularly now throughout bowl season just because there's so many bowls. What are there, like 53? So, yeah. Yeah. There's over 50 bowl games. Uh, we've got to keep up with the previews. We've got to keep up with the analysis. Um, and we're doing this all for you. Like I said, hardest working podcast in America. Zach, I don't, I don't like plugging social media every single episode, but now I think we have to because we're putting the poll up. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it is at the underscore blue bloods. That's Go actually, check us out. That's actually all you need to know for this episode. We're going to put the poll on Instagram. That's where we have the most now, followers. Yeah, and I'm also going to put it on Facebook. We have a good bit of people on there. Okay. It is at the Blue Bloods Pod on Facebook. Go check us out. And y'all better vote. I'm fighting every one of y'all if we come back and y'all didn't vote. Okay. Bet. Well, so that is our episode today. Uh, like I said, watch out. Tomorrow we've got another episode. We've got another episode the day after that. Uh, we'll post updates. We'll let you guys know when we're coming out with new episodes, uh, new content, whatever else. Keep up with the blog. Zach and I, well, I'm out of school. I don't know if Zach is right now. Um, but we're wrapping it up this week. Yeah, so so we, we got blogs on the way. So just check us out, uh, and we are out. <laughs>